This is Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And we have some great things happening in the world. Yes, Lakers are looking lovely. Dallas is living la vida luca. And of course, the return of Uncle Drew right here on Ball Court. Stick with me. Hello, yes, this is Coach Drew. I am back. Ball Court, I want to say, hey, we are here. This is the world of basketball. I'm glad y'all here, listening to the world. So let's start off. Been a fiery one. Yes, the Lakers have won nine in a row and they're looking so good. Let me ask you why. Why do you think they're looking good? You think it's LeBron? You think it's AD? Well, guess what? These Lakers were looking beautiful against OKC. They came out playing an absolute phenomenal game, beating them 125 to 110. And that was without LeBron James and without Anthony Davis. So who was the person stepping up? Yes, the golden-haired boy wonder himself, Kyle Kuzma, lighting up with 36 points and 7 rebounds. And this is kind of a crazy thing right now with Kyle Kuzma's name being thrown around in trade rumors. But he's definitely showing a good value for himself as a trade or showing a good reason why the Lakers should keep him around. Either way, he's looking phenomenal. And not to mention Rondo. Rondo came out with 21 points, 8 rebounds, you know, 21 points, um, 8 rebounds, and 14 assists. He was moving that ball around, and he did phenomenal with it. Howard coming with 12 points and 14 rebounds. Looking like the Howard of old. This is something that we love to see, and this is something that has been created. I'm saying, as a Laker fan, hold on to your hats. Come on. The ride has just started, and I, you could clearly see that Showtime is back. Regardless if there's a little bit of LeBron, regardless if there's a little bit of AD, they got that swagger now. As a matter of fact, that swagger has grown to all, all big-time things. I'm telling you, that swagger is now what they feel to be. A matter of fact, Kyle Kuzma says, it, it says pretty much, I, and I'm going to summarize in what he's saying, that everybody there is playing for a reason. Everybody there is playing with, with, with intent. Dwight Howard is coming back with his redemption. Second time in L.A. First time didn't work out so well. You know, LeBron James is on that Wash King tour. Kyle Kuzma himself is trying to establish himself. He went 27th when he was picked. And, and everybody sat there like, man, I don't know if he's the guy. But he's the guy. That was a great pickup because he's that guy. So the question is, who's going to falter? And it's not going to be the Lakers. I'm going to tell you that. Now, not to, not to say that uh, OKC just wasn't doing anything. Because right now, if y'all are listening, uh, Gilgus Alexander, he has been lighting up the boards left and right, scoring. So on that day, he did drop 24 points, and also Gallinari did the same. But it was no match for that Lakers team. So that's a very deep team that you're playing with. Now, when the King came back and AD was there, it was a little bit of a blowout in Cleveland for that. It went 128-99. Of course, there was no love loss, you know, with the handshake between Kevin Love and LeBron James still remembering their handshake. And one with Tristan Thompson and, you know, LeBron James. It was a beautiful thing to see. But still, they whooped up on them immensely. 
I'm telling you, LeBron James had 31 points, 8 assists. Dwight Howard had 21 points and 15 rebounds. That was a beast of a game in itself. And that's how they roll. They're beasts. They're playing at a new level. They're playing at a great level. As a matter of fact, I want to go ahead and break down the level that they're playing at right now. Let's go ahead and take a look at the video. When we look at what we're seeing here right now with LeBron James, how he's moving the ball, how he's passing the ball, and how they are playing at the level that they're playing at, this is the team that we want to see. They go in and out. They cut. They slash. They are doing all the little things, all of the little things, bringing up the ball, stealing, looking out on the fast break, looking for the alley-oop, and then bang. I'm telling you, this is what we are looking for in a team. This is what we are looking for on a culture. This is what we are looking for. Showtime is back. And LeBron James, he is doing the great things that Showtime does. Did you know that he just moved up the list in assists? As a matter of fact, in that game, he moved up that list, beating out Isaiah Thomas. And not the new Isaiah Thomas, young kids. I'm talking the original Isaiah Thomas, number 11 for the Detroit Pistons. Yes, LeBron James has taken down another step, moving closer and closer to the number one spot of the all-time assist leaders. So you have a person who could score 31 points. You have a person who could actually go out there and uh, get the assist that is needed. So what do you do? Keep him happy, because guess what? He's going to the championship, mark my words. Let's go to Dallas. Yes, living La Vida Luca. Luca... Luca, Luca, Luca. Luca has been playing outstanding as of late. And I say as of late, meaning the beginning of the season. He has gone to the next level at this point. Yes, Luca Donich had played against the 76ers. And we all know right now with Joel Embiid bench or sitting out injured, let me go ahead and tell you, the 76ers are an easy beat. They are the team that you could go through, you could attack them, you could be at another whole level with them, and it is an easy beat. So when I tell you Luca had 19 points, I know you're sitting there like, mm, that's on Luca like But yes, 19 points against the Sixers, that means he sat down early, he had a great night. They had 8 rebounds and 12 assists. It was a good play. They, you know, they beat them 91, they beat them uh, 109 to 91. 109 to 91. And that brings us to another point. What's happening over there in Philly? Why can't you gain a win right now? What's happening? Is Ben Simmons not what they say he is? Hmm. We're gonna visit. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second. But I want to talk about Dwight Powell. Nineteen points, twelve rebounds. Going out there for uh, Dallas, picking up that double double showed me that Dallas is actually a type of team that is a, someone that you may want to really worry about. They're a team that's gonna, that they could take over the second half of the season and then put them in a position where now you're going to have to contend with them when they're in a, on a roll. You don't want to put them asleep, especially with Luka at the wheel. You don't want to turn around and say that, okay, this team is going to be an easy coast. There is no easy games in the NBA. As we know, this is 2020, and this league is filled with parity. But with that being said, with not having one easy game in the league, you cannot look at the Dallas Mavericks and say that it's going to be a pushover, neither with the 76ers. But clearly, something has to be done over there in Philadelphia because you have your uh, next star up 
with Joel Embiid out, your next star up would be Ben Simmons. And yes, 11 assists, absolutely beautiful, but only 11 points. This is something that draws of concern. Is the process dead? Is something going on that's, that, that is not working for Philadelphia? But that's something that they're going to have to go ahead and uh, work out because their lead scorer was Tobias Harris. Not saying that he's not a good ball player, but when you have Tobias Harris there as your lead scorer, that poses a little problem. See, without Jimmy Butler in that locker room, you don't have a dog out there that's going to run at people and say, hey, you know what, you got to do this. Every night, you got to do this. He forces defense. He's a, he's, he is like the school bully. He's bullying other defenses that come in. He's bullying his teammates. He's making everybody on their A game. Either you're going to be scared and run from him, or you're going to have to step up and challenge him. That's what Jimmy Butler brought to that locker room. You don't have someone in that locker room like that. And let's be honest, when you have your second superstar dropping 11 points, it doesn't matter if it's against Dallas. It doesn't matter if it's against the Knicks. This is something that shows great concern, you know? And guess what? Yes, Uncle Drew is back. Uncle Drew, Uncle Drew, Uncle Drew. He actually came back playing a high le- some high-level basketball, putting the ball on the floor. We're going to talk more about him later. And let me tell you, he looked real good out there. I'm talking 21 points, four rebounds, three assists, and not to mention those handles. He was doing things with the ball that looked absolutely beautiful causing people to not really hold on. Now, now here's the thing that concerned me. They won 108 to 86 against Atlanta. Now, Atlanta was without Trey Young. Matter of fact, their lead scorer was Cam Reddish. Not saying Cam Reddish is a bad player, but that was their lead scorer without Trey Young. Now, I feel with Trey Young, it, they could have definitely put up a little bit more points because they do need that scoring every now and again going against Brooklyn. But, are we to say that 21 points is tainted due to the fact that it was against a Trey young list Hawks? Mm, I wouldn't say so. I, but I do show it as many things to come. Now, here's the thing that did concern me about that game was Spencer Dinwiddie. He actually didn't score as many points as he's been scoring in the past during the time that we had, uh, we had Kyrie Irving sitting out due to injury. That concerned me a little bit because I want to make sure that he is actually playing at a high level at the same time that Kyrie's playing at a high level. Now, I was posed this question earlier, and actually we're going to find out the answer to this later on tonight since, you know, uh, the Sixers are going to be playing the Nets. But I was posed this question. With a healthy Kyrie Irving and, uh, and the Sixers um, and a healthy Joel Embiid, actually we won't find that out tonight, but... With a healthy Kyrie Irving and a healthy Joel Embiid, who do you think would win a seven-game series? Definitely, hands down, I must say it would probably be Brooklyn, especially if you know Kyrie's playing at the level that he's playing at right now. I'm just saying he came out, he's looking fresh, he's looking brand new, and hands down, I think that if you get a healthy Kyrie against a Philadelphia team right now that's unable to find themselves and locate that level of accountability with their current uh, coaching that they have right now, I'd have to go ahead and say, I'm going to give it up to Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn in the house, without a doubt. Yes, he's the baller with clout that y'all defense yap about. Anyway, let's go ahead and go to Brody and the Bear. Yes, 
Brody and the Beard, in our next saga of Brody and the Beard, we ask ourselves, when will it end? When will they find a way to not look as good as they've been looking? And yes, they have been looking good, going 139 uh, to 139 to 109 against Minnesota. Yeah, I had to read that twice because I could not believe they scored 139 points. Though Carl Anthony Towns was not playing, you still, an NBA team, gave up 139 points. But I want you to stop and think about this. James Harden had 32 points, 8 assists, 12 rebounds. Russell Westbrook had 30 points and 10 assists. 30 points and 10 assists and the 32 and 8. And you only scored 109 points. And you could not stop two people from scoring more than half of your points. This is what I want you to look at. This is what I want you to think about. This Mike D'Antoni system with the Russell Westbrook padding at the back is definitely, definitely looking impressive as of late. But we still question, how will it look in the playoffs? Can you go seven games knowing that you pretty much, between both of you, have to score about a combination of 50 points of the team in order for the team to look as impressive as it is. Now, we know that Russell Westbrook is definitely a force, but we also know of his personality, and we know that he was more than likely to allow James Harden to steer the rings, and whenever he's needed, he will step up and do what he has to do. So, I'm not scared that in the playoffs things might change, but I am reluctant to 100% believe in this D'Antoni system due to the simple fact that we've been down this road before. Okay, next person I want to go ahead and touch base on is, yes, Lonzo. And Lonzo has been balling. Yes, since the trade rumors has came out and everybody was talking about that they're going to go ahead and get rid of Lonzo and move on past that, since Kendrick Perkins has stated that, you know, Lonzo was a bust and we expect more of him being the number one pick or the number two pick. Um, It's been crazy. It's been absolutely insane. And let me tell you, Lonzo has showed out once again. The Pelicans, when they played against Detroit, it was a tight game, 117 to 110. But The thing that pushed him over the edge, even though he wasn't the lead scorer, what actually pushed him over the edge was Lonzo Ball's play. 17 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. You know, Angelina Okafor dropped 25 points in that game and with 14 rebounds. So that looked beautiful in itself. But with them two playing at that level, it was something that it it made me brush my chin a little bit. It made me sit back and wonder, how is Thursday going to look? When Zion returns, how pretty is that going to be now that you have the combination of Lonzo playing like the Lonzo we expected, playing like the ball distributor, playing like the person who's going to take advantage, even against the Lakers a week ago. He actually attacked that basket and showed this is the Lonzo that you expected it to be, and this is the Lonzo that I am. And I'm going to tell you, right now, that was, right now, right here, I'm going to say it, D. Rose played phenomenal in that game. 23 points with 8 assists. He he came up a little short, but he didn't actually have the level of help that Lonzo had around him. Now, the Pelicans' next game against Boston, 
that was not as um, impressive as the game that we he played before, but he still managed a triple-double, going 10 points, 10 assists, and 13 rebounds, you know? And watching Hayes gain 20 points in it, it still held off that it was a pretty good fight for them. Yes, they got beat pretty bad, 140 to 105. Yes, it was pretty bad, that whooping that they took. And once again, I ask the question as an NBA team, how do you allow somebody to score 140 points on you? Yes, that did look bad, but there was some positives. First off, you're not going to get Jason Tatum every night. He dropped 41 points on you. That's okay. Four, four assists, six rebounds. You're not going to get him every night. That's the positive that you have to look at. There goes your silver lining. But other than that, I think there were pieces on the Pelicans that looked very good in that game. And Lonzo was one of those pieces, so I'm very happy about that. I want to go ahead and jump over to the Trailblazers. Not because that, that game was like anybody did phenomenal things. I'm not saying that... Uh, Damian Lillard's 30 points wasn't phenomenal, or C.J. McCollum having 27 points wasn't phenomenal. But I'm saying that one of the greatest things that I saw during that game, it was such a tight game. This gave me that feel of March Madness. It was a March Madness type game. And the game was won on hustle. Not hustle by Damian Lillard, not hustle by C.J. McCollum, but hustle by the agent Carmelo Anthony. The person that y'all thought that, not y'all, but everybody wrote off, NBA people wrote off a year ago. Yes, Carmelo Anthony hustles in to save the pass, to tip it away, just so they get that win. And that was a 115 to 112 win. It was extremely close. I'm talking Terry Rozier had 25 points coming out for the Hornets, and Devontae Graham had 27 points with 10 assists. So this was, this was actually a really good game for them. This was one of those games that you want to sit back and you'd be like, absolutely, wow. You were shocked. And as a matter of fact, I'm shocked too. We're going to go ahead and take a brief word from our sponsor, and we're going to be right back, right here on Ball Court. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And yes, 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 we're up to that segment where if your team is on this segment and you are ranked, I am sorry. This is College Hoop segment. Yes, in our College Hoop segment, as you notice that every time we do this, we highlight an upset. And we highlight upsets because... That's the beauty of college hoops. You find an unranked team, somebody comes out of nowhere and beats that unranked team. So guess who's on the show this week? Yes, number eight, Michigan State. They played against Purdue. And the Boilermakers were not just making boils, they were also making buckets. Let me tell you, it was 71 to 42. As a matter of fact, Four people combined in the starting five for the Boilermakers to actually beat the score of Michigan State. Number eight, Michigan State. Yes. Now, time out. I do want to go ahead and let you know there is some pretty things about that loss that Michigan State had. First off, Cassius Winston had 10 points and five assists. So he had a quarter of their points by himself. 
Rocket Watts had 10 points. He had another quarter of their points by himself. Now, mind you, he also had five assists, so I don't know for sure. But Purdue, Travion Williams had 16 points, seven rebounds. And then you had Evan, uh, Evan Barshow. He had 11 points, five rebounds. I'm telling you, this was an upset for the masses. They combined for 27 points. 27 points. Just those two people, and you lost 42 to 71. What an upset. Now, I definitely want to go ahead and see where they fall in the top 10 polls, but I'm going to tell you, they're going to drop. They're going to drop immensely. It's going to look bad. Next, we're going to go ahead and talk about a team that is near and dear to my heart. Usually, if they're on this segment, we're talking about double-doubles and triple-doubles and how they beat a team and blew them out. Yes, the Lady Ducks, Oregon Lady Ducks. I love y'all. I love you so much. But Arizona State, they don't love y'all. They beat y'all 72 to 66. They do not love you. Not the way we do. Not here. The way they were beating on y'all, they could tell there was some anger. Now, guard Ryan had uh, 16 points. And, of course, the forward Tapley had six. No, I'm sorry. The guard Ryan had 17 points, and Tapley had 16 points. And to go ahead along with their six rebounds. That did help push them over the edge. But, like I said, there is a silver lining for the Oregon Ducks. And that silver lining always comes shining through no matter what. In wins or losses, even in happiness and in sadness, that silver lining is there. And her name is Sabrina Ionescu. Yes, she had 24 points and 10 rebounds, and that was very impressive. Even though they lost, that was a very impressive showing right there. You know, I want to go ahead and jump on to the next topic, and that topic is the world of basketball. Yes, we're going to talk about things that happen all over the world of basketball. First, I want to go ahead and jump right into Australia's NBL League. Let's talk about that. The Australia NBL League actually came up with something absolutely amazing. And that's why this World of Basketball segment is also going to be combined with their GOAT Move segment. Yes, NBL is doing an entire GOAT Move. So this is considered pretty much a herd of GOATs, you know? So let me go ahead and explain. Yes, the NBL will be donating uh, to the Red Cross to help the relief, the wildfires that are taking place in Australia. This is a subject that has been affecting a lot of animals out there, a lot of homes out in Australia, and the fire has been raging. This is something that we've seen on uh, international level that we, when we've been watching it in our news, and many of us here in the United States, as well as all over the world, definitely do feel for Australia. Our hearts are with you, and we are hoping that you can make it out of this whole and put to, start putting things back together. Now, the NBL decided that they're going to also help raise money. Outside of the funds that has been donated directly by uh, LaMelo Ball out of his own paycheck, um, and outside of the funds that has been rec- uh, donated by um, different celebrities throughout the world and throughout the country of Australia, The NBL has also decided that they're going to find a way to donate too. And after six games, 
where they're counting $300 they're going to donate for every three-pointer made and $1,000 for every dunk, they actually went ahead and after six games, they have raised $63,900 already, right off the bat. And I would have to say the best game, the best game that raised the most amount of money during those uh, six games so far has been Sydney versus Kings. Yes. Uh, the Tarpon Kings have actually been one of those teams that has been on here known for lighting up the scoreboard, as well as the Sydney Kings has been known for lighting up the scoreboard, and they did just that. In that one game alone, there was 24 threes that were hit, nine dunks that were made. It was absolutely amazing. They raised by themselves $16,200. And now this is something that I find absolutely amazing. Now, if you want to go ahead and join the efforts, you don't have to learn to dunk. That is okay. And if you shoot a pretty decent three, congratulations. But you can go to Red Court, um, I'm sorry, redcross.org.au slash basketball, and you can donate and be part of those efforts too. And please, please, don't try and dunk. All right. Next off, we're going to go ahead and we're going to speak about Jeremy Lin. Yes, Jeremy Lin finally finally received his championship ring from the Toronto Raptors. And let me go ahead and tell you, it is nice to see Jeremy Lin wearing that ring. I'm still sad that he's actually playing in China. I do feel that there is a team right now that could have used him, probably the Lakers, you know, or um, the Lakers. <laughs> but... I definitely want Jeremy Lin to be back, but since he's not back, that is okay. I'm glad he got his ring. Now, he, he did comment on the ring on Instagram. He said that the ring literally takes over my whole hand. He's taking all suggestions on how to make it a little more low-key, or should he just flex it everywhere he go? LOL. Being for the fact that you were once a Knicks player, when Lin Sanity was in the building, lighting things up, you were probably, probably be the person that should flaunt it. You were also a Houston Rockets player that didn't get much playing time, but still was there. You need to flaunt this ring with the best of them. Shine it everywhere you go. If you feel it's too big to wear on your finger, wrap it around your neck and wear it as a chain. Do what you got to do. Shine it to everybody. You earned it. You are an NBA champion. Nobody can take that from you. So it's supposed to look big and gaudy and make sure that everybody can see within a 10-foot range that guy right there won an NBA championship. And hopefully you're going to have a CBA championship to add to that in the Chinese Basketball Association. I'm rooting for you, Jeremy. I will be reporting on that, making sure that does take place. You know, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and I'm going to be right back with more Ball Court. Here's a message from our sponsors. This is the world of basketball. I'm Coach Drew. Stick with me. Welcome back to Ball Court, the world of basketball, and I am Coach Drew. And one thing that I love to do as a coach is to sit down and break down video. 
So this brings us to our next segment, Analyze This. Well, we're going to actually talk about how we analyze different plays and how it makes it an advantage for different players. So the segment, in this segment, we're going to go ahead and highlight Kyrie Irving. Yes, Kyrie Irving actually utilizes his handles and his ball movement to actually create space where he takes the space that he's actually created away from you. This is one of the key things that I find that makes Kyrie Irving on a, a completely different player on a whole other level altogether. So, what we're going to do, let's take a look at the video. We're going to go ahead and see how he plays. Yes, this video is here again the other night when he played against Atlanta. And a few things that I want to go ahead and talk about is how he demonstrates, how he creates that space, and how he moves. So, let's look at the video. Yes. Kyrie Irving, he is hands down one of the most elusive players. He goes by you with the greatest of ease while attacking on his offhand. But let's see how he does it. Let's take a look. Let's back it up just a little bit. First, he sets up. He wants to see how you're set up. Where is the pick and how is it going to affect him? Look at this pick. It is set to move past him going the other way, but he runs back at it. And that space is created by him going back to the right hand. So he shows you the left, crosses it, and attacks the space that was given as he goes directly to the basket. Now, this is something that he definitely does on many different ways. Watch him on the baseline. He'll attack the baseline knowing that you have to take away that baseline on him. By retreating, he creates the space that is needed. And then he can attack that space and go directly at your off shoulder, forcing you to have to turn your hips. And guess what? By you doing that, that gives him the step he needs to go by you. Let's watch that. Bam. Right to the hole. Once again, when you watch him, the fear of the space that he could create with his handles becomes overwhelming. Look at him, how far he's away from the play. He will go around the pick and run through that screen and look at the bottom man chase him. Once he chases him on that offhand, you could tell he's in fear of that handles. What will he do with it? Causing him to over-adjust, and that allows him to beat his player with an easy fadeaway shot. See, he wants to come back out, but he didn't. That is the wrong move. He should have stayed wide, forcing him right up, easy shot, and that's how they do it. So hands down, when I sit here and I tell you that this guy right here is one of the best in the league at doing it, he is hands down one of the best in the league at doing it. He creates space, he creates confidence, he creates the level that you're willing to play at. And boy, I could tell you one thing about him. He creates fear in people's heart. Yes, it's great to see Uncle Drew back doing what he's doing. I want to go ahead and jump on to the next topic. This is a big topic for me. You know, this is in our segment that I'm actually going ahead and starting as we talk about how things are going to grow. This is our segment we consider ladies first. Yes, in the ladies first segment, we're going to talk about certain things that has been going on in women's basketball. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about a first that has happened in women's basketball. And yes, this is that new CBA that you've been hearing about. The new collective bargaining agreement for the WNBA. 
this is going to be absolutely big. I'm talking six-figure salaries for all players. The star athletes could receive up to a half a million in compensation packages. Now, salaries are going to jump up 53%. Yes, you heard me correctly. It will jump up by 53%. And also, there's also going to be increases in the cash bonuses that's going to be received that one would earn when they do some... um, Big when they have some big like the bigger players will earn by player, those cash bonuses will go up. And what I mean by that is kind of like you know the special awards that you get for MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, Coach of the Year, etc., etc. Those bonus cash bonuses are going to actually go up. Now, this is the beauty of the package. This is the beauty of the collective bargaining agreement and the new one that has came up. And I want to go ahead and go through these because the other ones was absolutely phenomenal. I'm glad that they're going to level the playing field and the compensation. But this, this right here, this is, the, this is the real meat and potatoes of it, right? Now, they're going to actually offer maternity leave. And the maternity leave, you will be able to receive your full salary as well as they're going to have adoption and surrogacy um services as well. Now, players with children will also receive family housing and workplace accommodations to allow nursing. And it will help players transition, you know, uh, to careers after the league as well. So this is going to be some big moves that's taking place. I'm telling you, absolutely phenomenal. I have to sit back and as a... uh, as as a father of a young female basketball player, this is something that's exciting to me. This is something that makes me feel like her future, if she wants to continue playing basketball, as her father, I could continue watching and being in the stands without leaving this country. That is something that is absolutely amazing. You have to think about this. And I want everyone to really stop and think about this. Loving basketball was a movie that took place only 20 years ago. And it spoke about someone who loved basketball and they had to continue playing, had to make a choice between staying here in this country and working a job that they do not want to do or being away playing a game that they love. Many basketball players, many females have to, had to sacrifice that. And now things are changing. So this is a great thing. And this is an absolute great thing. And this is something that I find that this new agreement is actually going to go ahead and explode women's sports on a whole. Women now have a reason to stay. Women now have a reason to battle, have a reason to go to, to be right up there with everyone else with the pay structure that now they have given and the things put in place to make sure that they are not attacked or demonized for being a woman. This is beautiful. I am absolutely loving this. I tell you right now, I'm absolutely loving it. Let's go on to the next thing. Yes, this is that topic. This is that time that we've been feeling, that we've been waiting for. It's called Let's Kick It. Let's kick it. Come on, y'all. Let's kick it. Yes. And yes, for the top three, Let's Kick It sneakers, we're going to talk about the sneakers of choice. First sneaker we're going to go ahead and talk about is the Nike SB Dunk High, the P-Rods. Yes, the P-Rods will be dropping on the 21st of January, so definitely go out and cop it. It will be at $125. 
that's going to be absolutely sick. I really dig it. The thing that I like the most about it is the I like the how with the the, the all white has that nice red trim at the toe, but still has the green uh, check with the uh, green undersole. It kind of gives it that nice little uh, African feel. This is definitely something that you can rock, you know, come out, come rock and dole Black History Month with a nice little tee. Or you can even rock it with a nice little hoodie, get a little throwback hoodie. This is something that you definitely would want to rock. I could see that happening. All right? And the next one, next one, as you know, how we do it here on Let's Kick It, we either talk about a LeBron shoe or a Kyrie shoe. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about, yes, the Kyrie 6, Chinese New Year. I like these shoes. The thing that I like the most is the multicolor strap. That multicolor strap really uh, brings a pop to it. I would definitely, if you've ever watched it, let's kick it, kick it at courtside. Me and JT always talk about how we could uh, enhance the shoe just a little bit. I would do a lace swap, though. Uh, both shoes, I would drop it with the green laces to match that interior. This way to make that interior of the shoe and the top of the shoe really pop. I like the yellow laces in some cases because it redefines by the outlining of that swoosh. But this is something that we all have to go ahead and take a look at for yourselves and tell me what you really feel about it. Now, it is dropping on the 20th of January, so definitely go out there and cop it. And it will be retailing at $140. So this actually is going to be dropping on the 25th of January. I'm sorry. But it's going to be retailing at $140. So this is something that you want to... You're going to definitely want to go ahead and pick up, you know. If you're into Kyrie's, you already know that these are, this is going to be fire. Now, lastly, I'm going to go ahead and tell you about some inside scoop info. Yes, you heard it here first. I got some inside scoop, lowdown info. I'm not going to go ahead and, hold on. Shh, come here. Let me talk to y'all real quick. All right. Joel Embiid and Under Armour is about to drop. The Under Armour Joel Embiid ones. It's coming out fall of 2020. We don't know exactly, exactly, you know, the date that it's coming out. We can't tell you the price that it's coming out. But right up here, right now on the screen, you can take a look. I have the exclusive look of Joel Embiid's ones. These are going to be, eh, they're formidable. I, I can see myself playing in them. I can't see myself rocking them. But definitely looks like a great play shoe. I would want to see how they work. Or is it just going to be another process? You know? But that was Let's Kick It. You know? Yeah. So, now we're going to go ahead and find out why you ball. And with why you ball, we want to talk about some of those young athletes that are coming up that is doing some amazing, amazing things. First, I want to talk about some All-Americans. Yes, McDonald's All-Americans. I live here in the beautiful state of Nevada. Yes, it is one beautiful state. And in the beautiful state of Nevada, we actually have the benefit of having 11 players make it to that McDonald's All-American game. Five of them are girls, six of them are boys. But we're going to go ahead and talk about those 11 players real quickly. Yes, Aisha Brown from Centennial High School. She made it out there as well. And as well as Deja Phillips, Jay Thomas, and... Tiana McDaniels, all from Centennial High School. As a matter of fact, out of the five players, five girls, that had made it to the All McDonald's All-American game, four of them came from Centennial High School. Uh, Kenna Holt came from Bishop 
uh, Bishop Menage Catholic High School out, out in Reno. So, you know, that was the only one that didn't come directly from Centennial High School here in Las Vegas. I, and I must say, Centennial High School is a pretty good team to watch, I must say. But all four of those seniors, they're going to be missed next year. And hopefully, I, you know, we see them on the next level and they're making noise up in our college hoop section. And they're the ones giving the upsets instead of taking the upsets, you know? Now, let's go ahead and give a shout-out to some of their boys. We have uh, Cordell Stinson from Span Spanish Springs High School. Uh, Dacian Nix out of Trinity International. Julian Stra uh, Strother from Liberty High. Mason Whitaker from Spanish Springs High School. Uh, Moani Wilkinson from Bishop Gorman High School right here in Vegas. Shout-out to you. And Noah Tate, also from Bishop Gorman High School. Shout-out to you as well right here in Vegas. And I know it's a big thing right now to make that McDonald's All-American game, but I just want to let you know that is the beginning of your journey. This is where the hard work is really going to start. Now, the rest of the other 24, uh, the other 24 people who made the All-American game, that will be announced on the jump on uh, January 23rd. So you definitely want to go ahead and listen to that, see who announced that. But I will be doing a special cast for the YU ball, and we're going to talk about all of those guys who made it, all 24, who made the team. I'm excited about it. Next, I want to go ahead and talk about another up-and-coming athlete, yes, from YU ball. We definitely want to talk about Kyrie Walker. Now, Kyrie Walker was actually spotted last night out at my daughter's um, game in Centennial Hills, Las Vegas, at Cadwalder High School. Yes, they were playing, and she was spotted out there. And I always wanted to, and I just wanted to talk about him. At 6'4", 200, he is definitely a force, a great wing player, the type of player that's going to attack the basket. With his size that he has at 200, he makes him able to defend the wing as well as attack the wing and uh, protect it. So that's, that is great. He can defend either wing position. But the question comes up, where is he going to sign? Right now, he is undeclared. You know, Arizona's chasing him down, being for the fact that he is a boy of Arizona right out of Phoenix. Arizona's on his tail. Arizona State College is also on his tail. But we want to know where is he going to go. He has not committed to anyone. I haven't seen any visits from him, but it still, it still begs us to query. So we're going to go ahead and keep on watching. We're going to keep on making sure that he goes to some place that is absolutely big because we want to see him play. Now... I don't personally see him playing for the Razorbacks and heading back east. I definitely think that he's probably going to stay out here west. I find that he'd probably lean towards, um, he's probably going to stay away from Arizona because due to the last uh, little uh, fiasco that took place there, I don't see him running to Arizona right away. He probably may make his uh, way out to California or he may, you know, Actually, I think he makes go to Cal. UCLA is not up high on his list enough where he's going to actually run that way. But I think he goes to Cal. If I'm a betting man, I'm going to say he goes to Cal or Arizona State. Those are my two choices. We're going to keep an eye on it. We'll find out where will Kyrie sign. All right? Now, I just want to go ahead and give a shout-out to my sponsor. We're going to take a quick little plug walk. And this is my sponsor. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. 
We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. And yes, that was cashtocheckin.com. Yes, you need to go take a look at that. If you are looking to start a business, if you are looking to grow what you have, buy your rig to start your own trucking company, if you are looking to go the extra distance, these are the guys you need to talk to. Cashtocheckin.com. They're going to be the people who actually change things for you. So remember, go to cashyourchecking.com slash Drew. Remember, let them know I sent you, cashyourchecking.com slash Drew. And I definitely want to thank each and every person for being here with us right here at Ball Court and taking the time out and listening each and every week. You can now catch us on radio.com along with Let's Kick It, Blitz, Magazine, and of course the Sean Harvey Morning Show. We are growing so much and getting so much better, and we want each and every time for you to watch, for you to listen, and for you to enjoy and join in with the growth. You can also find us on CWN Sports, as well as if you go ahead and tune into our YouTube channel, Ball Court. Listen, subscribe, hit that notification. This is something big. It's happening right now, right in your living room. I'm Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. This has been the world of basketball, and I want to give a special thank you to the CWN Sports team for go ahead and bringing us to you every single week. I'll see you next week. You stick around. And next week, we're going to have some fun. I'm going to bring in some guests right here on Ball Court. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. Thank you for listening to Ball Court with Coach Drew. World of basketball. Now go hit the showers. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.